This summer for our sermons, we've been hearing from the prophet Zechariah in the Old Testament. I couldn't help as we read our second lesson today to hear how Peter said every prophet was speaking from God, right? That means Zechariah was speaking from God for us too. Today we're reading from Zechariah chapter 11. He's going to talk to us about shepherds. This is what the Lord my God says. Shepherd the flock marked for slaughter. Their buyers slaughter them and go unpunished. Those who sell them say, Praise the Lord, I am rich. Their own shepherds do not spare them. For I will no longer have pity on the people of the land, declares the Lord. I will give everyone into the hands of their neighbors and their king. They will devastate the land and I will not rescue anyone from their hands. So I shepherded the flock marked for slaughter, particularly the oppressed of the flock. Then I took two staffs, one called favor and the other union, and I shepherded the flock. In one month, I got rid of the three shepherds. The flock detested me, and I grew weary of them and said, I will not be your shepherd. Let the dying die and the perishing perish. Let those who are left eat one another's flesh. I took my staff called favor and broke it, revoking the covenant I had made with all the nations. It was revoked on that day, and so the oppressed of the flock who were watching me knew it was the word of the Lord. I told them, if you think it best, give me my pay. But if not, keep it. So they paid me 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter, the handsome price at which they valued me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them to the potter at the house of the Lord. Then I broke my second staff called Union, breaking the family bond between Judah and Israel. Then the Lord said to me, Take again the equipment of a foolish shepherd, for I am going to raise up a shepherd over the land who will not care for the lost or seek the young or heal the injured or feed the healthy, but will eat the meat of the choice sheep, tearing off their hoofs. Woe to the worthless shepherd who deserts the flock. May the sword strike his arm and his right eye. May his arm be completely withered. His right eye totally blinded. This is God's word. Dear friends of Jesus, does it ever happen that you read or you hear a second a section of God's word and you think to yourself, what? I don't know what this is talking about. It's true that some sections of God's Word are more difficult than other sections, like this chapter of Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 11. 500 years ago, Martin Luther wrote that this chapter is a difficult and most obscure chapter. And if Martin Luther found this chapter hard to understand, it shouldn't surprise us if it sounds strange to us too. So maybe we should just ignore it, right? Just skip over it to something easy from the Bible, right? No, we're not going to do that. Do you know why? Because it's God's Word. And every part of God's Word is true and every part of God's Word is important. That means that it's worth it for us to try to understand all of God's Word, even the parts that are difficult. As strange as this chapter of God's Word sounds, what it's talking about isn't that complicated. It's talking about shepherds. But not shepherds of sheep. It's talking about shepherds of people. The word shepherd is often used in the Bible to talk about leaders. Leaders of people. And it's clear from this chapter 
that God's people had bad leaders. God's people had leaders who were trying to enrich themselves. Leaders who cared more about themselves than they cared about their sheep. Leaders who would sell the sheep to be slaughtered and then say, praise the Lord, I'm rich. Does that sound familiar? Leaders who try to enrich themselves. Leaders who care about themselves and not about God's people. This, this isn't something new. And God hates it. In the Bible, it says a shepherd is supposed to be someone who serves his sheep. There's a verse about Jesus that says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life. God condemns shepherds who serve to enrich themselves. In fact, God told Zechariah that he needed to shepherd the people himself. He said to Zechariah, Zechariah, you go shepherd the, the, the sheep marked for slaughter. And it's because God cares about his people, right? God cares about his sheep. So God was going to step in. He sent Zechariah to be a shepherd. And Zechariah took two shepherd staffs. You know those tall wooden things that a shepherd has? He took two of them and he gave them symbolic names. He said, this one is called favor and this one is called union. Well, sound good, right? And then we're told that Zechariah got rid of the three bad shepherds. And this is where we have no idea who the three bad shepherds are. I read one commentator on the Bible who said he has heard 40 different suggestions for who the three different shepherds are. Right? But the point is clear. Zechariah is to shepherd God's people in God's place. He's supposed to bring them favor from God, union with God and with each other. Finally, God's people have a good shepherd, a good leader. And so you expect them to live happily ever after, right? Except they don't. Zechariah says, the flock detested me. God's people finally get a good shepherd, a good leader, and what do they do? They detest him. Isn't this how it often happens in our world? When a good person stands up to lead and tells people the truth, what do people do? Reject that person. When, when somebody is willing to stick out their neck and actually care for other people, what happens? Get criticized. Isn't that how it works in our world? And see, the problem isn't just bad leaders. The problem is often foolish sheep. Right? How often we don't want a godly leader because a godly leader is going to point out our faults. A godly leader is going to tell us that we have to change. And who wants to hear that? Right? God stepped in to shepherd his people and the people detested him. And so Zechariah took those two staffs, favor and union, and he broke them in half. We're done with that. And he said, I will not be your shepherd. Let the dying die. Let the perishing perish. Let those who are left eat each other's flesh. But before Zechariah stepped away, he asked the people one thing. He said, if you want, give me my pay. But if not, keep it. In other words, he said to the people, give me whatever you think I've been worth as your shepherd from God. And what did the people give him? 30 silver coins. And so then we got to ask, well, what's 30 silver coins worth? And in the Bible, 30 silver pieces is, is, is the price of a slave. That was the price of 
the lowest person in their society, 30 silver coins. And so what those people were saying to Zechariah is, Zechariah, you're, you're like the most worthless person around. Here, take this. That's it. If you were Zechariah, how would you feel? Well, God didn't like it. God felt insulted. And so God said to Zechariah, throw it to the potter, the handsome price at which they valued me. Zechariah, just throw the money away. Right? That's all I'm worth. And then God decided to do something that's always a sign of God's judgment. God decided to give the people what they wanted. When people reject God, sometimes God actually gives people what they want. And so God said, you don't want me to be your shepherd? All right. I won't be your shepherd. Instead, I, I will raise up another bad shepherd and you can have an, another bad shepherd. I'll raise up another shepherd over this land who will not care for the lost, who will not seek the young, who will not heal the sick, who will not care for the, the healthy. They will eat the meat of the choicest sheep and tear off their hooves. God said, fine, you don't want me to be your shepherd? All right, I'll give you another shepherd. Follow all that? Not so complicated, is it? How about this? Even from this difficult chapter of the Bible, we can learn some really important things. First of all, when someone is a shepherd, a leader, that comes with great responsibility. God says he is going to punish any leader who uses their position to enrich themselves. God said he's going to condemn any leader who cares about himself and not about his people. And doesn't this give us something to pray for? To pray, Lord, give us godly leaders. Give us godly shepherds. Give us shepherds like you. But we can't leave ourselves out of it. How many times haven't you and I detested the leaders that God's given us? In our lifetime, how many times have we disobeyed our parents? Or disrespected our teachers? Or ignored our pastors? Or dishonored God's authorities in our lives? How many times has that happened? And so we've got something else to pray to God for, right? God, forgive me for all the times that I've detested the leaders you put in my life. Right? Even this difficult section of God's word can hit home in our hearts. But there's something here that's even more important. Something even deeper. So there's a lot in this chapter that sounds strange, but I bet there's one thing in this chapter that sounds familiar. Like you've heard it before. You think of what I'm thinking of? How about the 30 pieces of silver? Where have you heard of 30 pieces of silver before? Judas, that's the price that Judas was paid to betray Jesus. That's the price that Jesus was worth to the people of his day. This chapter of Zechariah is quoted in the Gospel of Matthew during Holy Week. In fact, if you think about more of the story with Judas, it fits even more. After Judas betrayed Jesus, he got those 30 pieces of silver. What did he do with the money? Remember, he tried to give it back, and they wouldn't take it back, so he threw it in the temple, and what did they use the money for? They bought a field. Whose field did they buy? The potter's field. Does this sound familiar? God told Zechariah, take those 30 pieces and throw them to the potter, the handsome price that they valued me. When we read the New Testament, we realize something. 
Whom is this chapter of Zechariah talking about? Jesus. This chapter is actually talking about Jesus. Jesus is the key to understanding God's message. Let's walk through this whole prophecy again. In the days of Jesus, God's people had bad shepherds, bad leaders who didn't care about them. What are some of the titles for those bad leaders in Jesus' day? Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of the law, they oppressed God's people. And so God himself decided to step in. God cares for his people, and so God sent the good shepherd, who is Jesus. Jesus preached against those Pharisees over and over again. Jesus freed God's people from oppression. Jesus promised eternal life through faith in his word. Jesus brought God's favor. Jesus brought union between us and God. Remember those two stabs, favor and union. Finally, God's people had a good shepherd, a good leader, Jesus. And what did they do to him? They detested him. They rejected him. And of course, it doesn't make sense, but sin never makes sense. People finally had a good shepherd, a good leader, and they rejected him. And what was the price that they were willing to give for Jesus? 30 silver coins. That's the value of a slave. All the miracles Jesus did, all the preaching and teaching he did, all of the compassion and mercy that he showed, all the promises of eternal life through faith in him. And they said, here, take 30 pieces of silver. That's all you're worth. They rejected him. They crucified him. So what did God do? We often don't think about the rest of the story for the people of Israel. But what God did is God gave the people exactly what they wanted. They said, God, we don't want your shepherd. And so God said, I will not be your shepherd. Let the dying die. Let the perishing perish. Let those who are left eat each other's flesh. Do you know what happened after Jesus ascended back into heaven? About 30 years later, in the year 66, the Jewish people rebelled against the Romans. And so the Romans sent one of their leaders, one of their shepherds named Titus, to destroy the land of Israel. And Titus attacked Israel. He besieged Jerusalem. The famine was so severe that historians from that, that time tell us that people were eating each other. And Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was burned down and it was never built again. Can you look at this and say it's all true? God's people had bad shepherds and so God raised up the one good shepherd to lead them and they detested him and they rejected him and all that was left was judgment. That's Zechariah chapter 11. And so what are we to do with this? I think God first wants us to ask, who is my shepherd? Because all of us are sheep. I, I know that that's a derogatory term today, right? People say, oh, you're a sheep. But of course, it's true. All of us are sheep. All of us are following someone else. All of us are being influenced by other people. Who's your shepherd? What podcast do you listen to? What news source do you constantly go to? What YouTube channel do you like to watch? What politician do you follow? Who's my shepherd? And then ask yourself, does that shepherd care about me? Does that shepherd love me enough to tell me the truth about me, even my faults and my sins? 
Does that shepherd point me to God and to the truth of his word? Does that shepherd encourage my faith in Jesus? And if not, then you need a different shepherd. If Jesus isn't your shepherd, then today's the day to repent and to follow Jesus. Of course, I think most of us would say, well, of course, Jesus is my shepherd, right? That's great. So then here's the next question. How much do you value Jesus? What's the price that you place on your shepherd? Of course, for us today, we look down on Judas, right? I mean, selling out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, come on. Except would, would you do that? Would I? What if someone offered you $50,000 to stop following Jesus? Would you do it? What if, what if it was $500,000 to stop being a Christian? Would you do it? That would be hard, wouldn't it? What if someone were to offer you the career that you've always wanted and you just have to compromise your principles to get it? Would you do it? What if a beautiful person offered to have a relationship with you? You just had to be willing to break God's commands to carry it out. Would you do it? What if someone promised you that you could be the next star athlete or the next great musician? It's just you won't have time to worship God or time for God's word. Would it be worth it? What price do you put on your shepherd? I think I can talk for all of us when I say it's, it's embarrassing to think about this, isn't it? How often don't we take 30 silver coins and throw them at Jesus and say, Jesus, you're kind of important. Jesus, you're worth a little bit. Jesus, you're worth sacrificing a couple things. Jesus, it's kind of nice to spend time with you every once in a while. Kind of hurts to say those things, doesn't it? It certainly hurts Jesus. He says, what a handsome price you valued me at. What's the price of your shepherd? Maybe today we need to repent for not valuing Jesus, our Savior. Just like those people long ago, we deserve to have Jesus say to us, I'm not going to be your shepherd anymore. But he doesn't. As much as the Bible convicts us for not valuing what God has done for us, the Bible shows us how much Jesus values you and me. Just to think that these words of Zechariah were written 500 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Jesus knew what was going to happen to him. He knew how much he would suffer. He knew he would be rejected. He knew all of it. And what did he do? He still did it. And do you know why? It's because you're worth it. To Jesus, you are worth it. To Jesus, you are worth insults. To Jesus, you are worth rejection. To Jesus, you are worth dying on the cross. If you ever wonder what you're worth to Jesus, all you have to do is to look at the cross and you can know to Jesus, I'm worth everything. And everything those bad shepherds in our lesson today didn't do, that's exactly what Jesus does. He came to care for the lost. He came to seek the young. He came to heal the injured. He came to give food to the healthy. 
He came to bring us God's favor, God's grace, His undeserved love. He came to bring us union with God through the forgiveness of sins. All of this is what Jesus came to do for you and me. All of us need to feel loved. We need to feel like we're valued. And Jesus comes and he says, you're worth my life. You're worth everything to me. The real price of a shepherd isn't the price that we put on Jesus. The real price of a shepherd is the price that Jesus puts on you and me. To you, to, to Jesus, you're, you're worth it. And that's how Jesus helps us evaluate everything else in our lives. Does that other person love me enough to die for me? If the answer is no, then I'm not going to love them more than Jesus. Does that activity help me and my family get closer to heaven? If the answer is no, then I'm not going to let that activity take me away from Jesus and his word. Do those things that I always think that I want, do those things really bring forgiveness and peace for my soul? If not, then I'm not going to treasure those things more than the blessing Jesus gives me. God wants this question to be on our minds. What's the price of your shepherd? And remember, our shepherd has made your price abundantly clear. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. There is no one who loves you like Jesus. Amen. Let's say a prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, sometimes we come to sections of your word and we think that's too difficult and we want to skip it over, ignore it. And yet, every part of your word was written down for us. Every part is true. We want to know all of it. Lord, in your word today, you talk to us about shepherds, about bad shepherds who oppress your people, about a good shepherd who takes care of them, and about how foolish sheep often reject the good shepherd and follow the bad ones. Jesus, we can see how this is often the story of our lives. Please forgive us for detesting you and detesting the leaders that you put over us. Forgive us for valuing other people and things more than the value that we put on you. Thank you, dear Jesus, for giving up everything for us, especially for giving up your life for us on the cross. May we never doubt our worth to you and may our lives reflect your worth to us. Thank you for being our good shepherd. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.